Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. What's up, Connection Podcast Network listeners? Welcome back to the most extreme menage a trois violence you'll ever experience here on the Extreme Three-Way Dance. I am JT. Joining me, as always, are Matt and Jenny. How are you guys doing? It's getting hot in here, JT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what that a, means. There's a bit of a, a heat wave uh, going on here. Doing the jitterbug. No, different song. <laughs> I'm sorry. Idiot. What movie do you think of most when you hear heat wave? Like the old, like the Motown heat wave. What movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, probably Heat with uh, what's his face. Is that in that movie? No, but no. just the word. It's just heat Sister Act, isn't it? Sister Act. It's like a big song. It's Sister Is Act. It? Yeah. Uh, Weekend at Bernie's would have been my. <laughs> I don't think it's in that one either. No. <laughs> you know, I don't think Weekend at Bernie's has any real music. Sir, how dare you? Right? Isn't it all just like a I'm score? I'm sure it's an 80s movie. How does it not have a... No, I think it's just like a score. I don't think there's any real music in there. It's, it's probably that. like Berlin or Survivor's probably going to be on the soundtrack somewhere. I've confirmed that Sister Act is definitely features Heat Wave. I'm, look, I'm looking at the scene right now. Yeah, because they sing it in the club when they first introduced Whoopi. So there you go. Anyway, this is a podcast about ECW. You see, I haven't figured it out. <laughs> not... As I Google Weekend at Bernie's soundtrack. <laughs> it, is, it is Heat Wave 1996. And we are excited to bring this to you. On our last episode, we talked about all the build leading up to this. We have really two big matches that have been extremely hyped on television heading into this. The rest of the card pretty much flown. I, I mean, I don't. Did they ever even mention any other matches on the show besides those two on TV? I don't think so. I don't think they did. No. So they were really banking on those two selling. Uh, the tickets to this arena show, plus the uh, promise that if you attended this, you could be the first in line to buy tickets to the August show, which will have another RVD Sabu match. So they are looking ahead, trying to get folks in the building here. So why don't we go ahead and dive into Heat Wave 1996. Our opening match features the Gangsters, that some may say the most popular team in ECW history, mm. taking on the Samoan Gangsta Party. We head right to the ring for this one as SGP march out. Joey's in the nasty welcomes us in. The ring has tape all over it, so it must have been a, a quick repair. The big pop for the gangsters, as always, is they charge the ring loaded with weapons. They come out swinging. 
All four guys start tossing punches. We get weapon shots. Zero abandon throughout this. The crowd is rocking uh, at a heck of a way to start the show. They are all fired up. The gangster party are both getting their shit pushed in. Just all gangsters. Jack smashes a crutch over a bloody Sammy and then rips that the cut as Maddie eats a huge kick from Mustafa. It's just some brutal, ugly stuff, a real beating. The assault rolls on us. The ref just decides to stop the match, which you don't ever really get at ECW, so you know it's bad. <laughs> uh, the gangsters issue a warning to the champions and the Bruise Brothers. This really was more of a segment than a match, I guess, but man, that was the rugged stuff. The gangster party just trashed. The gangsters get a dominant win as they march toward the Eliminators and the titles. I'm curious if we'll see the gangster party again. Like this very much felt like a potential write-off for them because they just get destroyed. Like this is basically a squash um, of them, which is not the worst thing given how their initial run is gone. <laughs> and as you continue to heat up the gangsters for a potential title feud and run pretend, uh, potentially, I thought this was really, really good. What'd you think, Matt? Yeah. Uh, they got the shit kicked out of them for like five minutes. Uh, like you said, pretty much a squash. Uh, at one point, Joey said that this was the largest crowd that the ECW arena ever had. He, he said it during this match, so pretty good uh, pretty good for them. But it, yeah, the crowd was molten hot for this. It is, even though it was basically a squash, it is a good way to start the show by just having the gangsters beat the piss out of a team that the mm-hmm. crowd absolutely despises. So uh, I, I went a star and a half on it. Just complete domination and uh, yeah, a, a good way to start the show. Yeah, interesting way to start the show. I was curious because I figured the cage would be our main event. Um, so I was like, where are they going to put like the fucking trash cans and everything that the gangsters are going to bring <laughs> to the ring? So they were like, we'll just do that first and uh, trash the ring out. But they get it cleaned up, you know, pretty quick. So that mm-hmm. was impressive, honestly. Um, yeah, shit. Crowd was just like rabid. Um, adds a lot to a squash match of this mm-hmm. caliber. So I gave it a star and a half as well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was definitely uh, a good way to start the show. This is the type of thing you want to get the arena hot and, and riled up. And I guess the, the hype of those two matches only worked, right? If this is the biggest crowd in ECW arena history. So they did a good job building those up to the point where everyone wanted to be here. Plus I think the promotion is just so hot. I think everyone just wanted to be in the building. How many people do you think that is? I don't know what the max capacity is. Um, I mean, it's probably changed over the years. Yeah, I would think so. So right now, the capacity is 1,300. I don't know how much that. Let me check. uh, I was thinking like 1,000 maybe. Let me check Graham's site real quick and just see if he's got attendances. Those bleachers go pretty high up, though. Yeah, they do. It it might be a little bit People are just standing fucking everywhere. Yeah. So he has this show at... This is Graham at the History of Duty at 1,500. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know how, you know, bang on the ticket numbers work for ECW. This yeah. is right. right. Where he's pulling that from, I'm off to ask him. But most of the arena shows that, this, that he has are all between, like, 12 and 1,500 after this. So they were definitely on fire at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, next match. Jenny, you wanted a uh, storyline from Mikey Whipwreck. I don't know if this counts. Uh, but he does take <laughs> on his you. old... Old friend Paul Loria, the giant, as Damian Kane has unearthed him to battle his old buddy Mikey Whipwreck. So we have Damian Kane managing Paul Loria to take on Mikey Whipwreck. Matt, you are not with us for the heyday of Paul Loria, uh, who was, I guess, Mikey's friend and teammate and ends up turning on him. 
because he was jealous and Mikey quickly ended the feud. And I would argue that Mikey owes his entire career to Mr. Loria because that's mm. when he started getting heated up. Mm-hmm. Around that so are you time. saying this is are you saying this is basically like Tommy Dreamer versus Raven is what I'm hearing? I what? mean, you said it, Matt. I did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is like Paul Loria is like the Winklevoss twins. Yeah, I see. You know, he stole Facebook from poor Paul. See, they, I, I, I just wrote a fucking story for Mikey Whipreg, mm-hmm. right? Now. <laughs> so, Social media platform in 1996. You know, they didn't come up with anything, but I just did. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Joey calls Damien the grandfather of pro wrestling instead of the Godfather, which is always funny. Uh, Joey talks about the past between these two guys as Mikey kicks Loria to the floor. Mikey flies into with a plancha. Mikey has a swag going tonight. A far cry from where he was last time these guys fought, which stood out to me, Jenny, for sure. When you think about what we did see in their original feud, um, just how far Mikey has come, the confidence, the swagger, where he is on the card compared to back then as well. So, yeah, it really was the start of his climb. Loria counters the whip to the railing. He takes back over, back inside Loria, slams Mikey, goes up top slowly, but Mikey kicks and crotches him and heads up, hits a Frankie Mikey and picks up the win. Squash shitty again here, second time tonight. Nothing going. We're just ramping up the card. Mikey beats his old friend, uh, who showed really nothing here tonight. It just pretty much came in for a payday. Uh, Mikey's not done, as we'll see in a minute, but for right now, Jenny went one star on this one. Me too. Like, normally I wouldn't probably rate it, but um, lots of fire from Mikey, too. Like, mm-hmm. he, he came into it like he was he was pissed at this guy. <laughs> I'm like, why are you showing up at my promotion? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and beat his ass pretty soundly. So, that was fun to watch. One star, Matt. Yeah, uh, one star for me as well. Uh, the Frank and Mikey was great looking, as usual. And then Joey comes right back with a line saying uh, he spiked the giant and now he's five foot one. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was that was basically the star for me right there. Just that line <laughs> from Joey. But, uh, yeah, it was a perfectly fine squash. So one star. All right. Like I said, though, Mikey's not done because the eliminators come in. They beat down both Loria and Mikey. They drill Loria with a total elimination. Joey says he's now four foot nine after that. <laughs> <laughs> Saturn says they've accepted the four-way dance challenge with the gangsters, the Bruce Brothers, and the Samoan Gangsta Party. Saturn says they're the best in the world and slips in that he won the belts before correcting himself. Sabu shows up, and he and Mikey charge the ring and start brawling with the champions. And Joey says they've gained mutual respect after their match, Sabu and Mikey have. And now they will challenge the champions for a suddenly booked tag team title match with Sabu and Mikey Whipwreck taking on the Eliminators. So pretty exciting uh, here. And I, I had a feeling something would happen. Like, I didn't think that would all be it for Mikey tonight, mm-hmm. um, especially given 10 of our guys are tied up in two matches. <laughs> you figured they got to right. fill this card out somehow, right? So Mikey doing double duty is not the worst way to go about it. Fuck no. Saturn tells the ref they'll have a traditional tag match with the belts right now. And on we go. Sabu and Saturn start off trading offense. Get some quick one count. Sabu goes to the leg. Gets a springboard moonsault press for two. Walks into a pair of hard thrust kicks. Sabu comes back with a slam. Misses an Arabian press. Saturn kicks him down again. Joe reminds us that Sabu's neck is a mess. Saturn slams him hard and heads up top. Gets a great big splash for two. Saturn and Cronus both hit thrust kicks that they settled into control. Cronus shoots Sabu to the corner. It's a handspring back elbow. Sabu punches back into things and tags Mikey. It's a guillotine leg drop for two. Mikey hip tosses Cronus and cleans house on both champions until Sabu dives into them both with a cross body for two. <clears throat> Mikey gets two on a leg drop and works the arm. 
Saturn comes in, hits a brain buster on Mikey, takes out Sabu as he tries to save. Saturn hits a great crescent kick, cracks him with a hard shot for an air fall. Cronus comes off the top of the crossbody as Saturn suplexes Mikey, but Sabu makes a save. Cronus then drops Mikey with a pump handle suplex, cranks on the arm. Saturn comes in, he takes on the arm. Saturn crunches Mikey with a German for two and then follows with a superplex attempt, but Mikey blocks it and shoves Saturn down. Mikey follows with a Frankie Mikey and tags Sabu, comes in and smashes both champions with chair shots. Sabu whiffs on a springboard and things break down. Mikey gets a Frankie Mikey in the floor as Cronus, as Saturn uh, dropkicks Sabu as he comes off the top. He gets two on that. Sabu hits a top rope Frankensteiner for two, but Saturn stops him with a kick, hits a doctor bomb for two. Mikey and Cronus sprawl to the floor. Sabu dropkicks Saturn, hits a sunset flip powerbomb to the floor. We get a table bridge as Sabu tries to springboard, but Saturn catches him and spikes him through it. Saturn then wakes out Mikey with a forearm, and they finish him off for the win with total elimination. And that was a fucking heater. The Eliminators are just mm-hmm. on fire right now. Mm-hmm. Totally locked in and amazing in the ring. Mikey was great at selling in his comebacks. Sabu was Sabu. Gave a wild effort, but the Eliminators counted everything he tried until they could isolate Mikey and finish him off. So, Maddie, I thought this was really good stuff. I went three and a quarter stars. Just the Eliminators just keep on churning. Yep, uh, I would agree with everything you said. I went three stars on this. Uh, Sabu looking decidedly less broken here, like uh, unlike how we've seen him over the past couple of weeks. So that was a nice surprise. Uh, Sabu and Mikey, I tell you, they made a great team here, like uh, to the point where I'd like to see them team up some more, like maybe, you know, post RVD stuff. Like if you don't have anything with Mikey, like have Sabu and Mikey go after the tag notes like that could be a really fun team. You know, have them feud with the Eliminators or the Gangsters or God help us if the Samoan Gangsta Party wins the tag titles, have them feud with them. Why not? But um yeah, just a really fun match. The pace they kept was crazy. Like they they really didn't slow down for the entire, you know, 11, 12 minutes it was uh, the match it was. Just really fun stuff and it, the the total elimination Mikey ate to end the match was absolutely brutal. Like like to the point where I thought he was going to have to be like carried out of the uh-huh. ring. It was it was disgusting, but uh yeah, a great great match, great tag title match, three stars for me, Jenny. So, yeah, Sabu using that speed initially on Saturn um, kind of throws them off. But what I love about Eliminators and Saturn in particular is how much they adjust to whoever they're in the ring with. Like, as the match goes, they just figure it out and, like, they just elevate everything. Like, just like they do in every match, like, it feels more – it feels more like – intellectual to me than it does physical which is weird because they're extremely physical if any Uh of that makes sense um saturn full of just like i mean he just looks at the camera and is like fuck sabu and like kind of (laughs) spits when he says it that was pretty hot um mikey does that sweet double arm um arm double arm drag which looked really good and then sabu timed it perfectly when he came in on just flying on top after that so Agreed. I, I'm I'm in for a Sabu and Mikey partnership here. Um, I would like to see them wrestle more matches together. Um, they were like, you could tell like that match that they had together looked like that unified them somewhat in this. They they were thrown together as mm-hmm. a tag team, but also like really just seamlessly worked it out. Like I thought it was really really right. good. That Frank and Mikey was awesome. Um. I had another point. Oh, the, (laughs) 
the fucking total elimination was filmed like perfectly. Like we got the angle from behind and Mikey's head just got totally snapped to the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It was devastating looking, but I gave it three and a, three and one quarter stars. It was great. I mean, for a matchup, it wasn't even on the card <clears throat> to yeah. start. Ends up definitely delivering. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens when you have quality just in-ring wrestlers like this. They can just go and put on these bangers. And this was a matchup was clean. Like, there was no real garbage stuff right. until the end. So, continuing mm-hmm. to really put holes in some of those theories, right, that OECW is just all cheers and violence and everything else. But it's like, no, it's a lot of uh, cool stuff like this, too, that was available to them. All right. We head back to the ring. With the arrival of little Guido. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that means it's the arrival of the Italian lesson of the week. You guys excited? We didn't get one last episode. Oh. Very that exciting. episode was trash because I didn't learn any mm-hmm. Italian words. That's so. <laughs> true. Well, tonight's word for you all is Mama Luke. <laughs> mm. Mama Luke. Hey, I know that guy. Tony mm-hmm. Mama Luke. Tony Mama Luke. Big Vito, Johnny the Bull. Oh, wrong promotion. Sorry. A Mama Luke is someone who does something dumb or stupid, silly or foolish. You can also <laughs> describe someone who didn't fit in for reasons. For reasons. <laughs> For reasons. Why? Why are all our words about fucking losers all the time? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of Italian words. <laughs> just like <laughs> Gavon and like. <laughs> well, here. So here's the history of the Italian lesson of the week for any new listeners. We've done Bagnarol, Vanfangul, Strombolone, Gavon. Figlio di Putana, Jadrul, Stugatz, Bukyak, Chuch, Cugino, Stunad, Scrocone, Basta, and Mamaluke. Holy shit. Any personal favorites in there, Jenny? 50% of those mean fucking dumbass fat <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? You're right. Uh... <laughs> That like Gavone is such that a mama Gavone, I, th- I feel like, is a classic. I mean, you can't go wrong with Chooch, I always say. But. I, I do like Chooch. Well, there you have it. This week's Italian lesson of the week. Little Guido's in the ring is Bob Ortiz and Mike. It says it's time for the inaugural Italian karaoke bistro. <laughs> starring J.T. Smith, <laughs> Little Guido, and Bobby Prinitz in the band. Uh, JT and Salvatore Belomo strut out to booze. It's all hugs for the FBI. JT welcomes us to the bistro. He argues with Guido about the difference between being bilingual or bisexual. <laughs> Al tells him too good to fight the Dudleys and then tells Guido to introduce his little brother. But he's grown up quite a bit since we last saw him. And Guido brings out his brother, Big Guido, who's a big-ass dude and a wife beater. He struts out <laughs> looking around as Joey's in awe of his size. They all hug and greet each other as Joey says... Uncle Salvatore has the FBI growing. Uh, so before we get to the match, uh, Jenny, what do you think of this family reunion? <laughs> I feel like I feel like you undersold the size of little brother Big Guido. <laughs> Did I? Okay. How tall? Because, was he? Uh, he was at least 175 feet tall, and like uh-huh, uh-huh. 
ginormous man. Like, he's somebody, right? Like, who is this guy? He's not just some guy. He's who a big mama Luke. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he does much. Ah, oh, God, who was Big Guido? I know he comes back eventually for like he one does of the, come uh, back. One night yeah. stands. Yeah, <laughs> they bring but, him nowhere. I mean, I gotta tell you, I was not prepared for um fucking Italian karaoke bistro. Uh, <laughs> I would like to give all my money to this restaurant venture. I need it to happen. <laughs> um, I'd like to fund the entire chain of Italian karaoke bistros. <laughs> um. For five dollars, but uh, yeah, it was fucking insane and hilarious, and I think that Sal Palomo is a perfect addition to this team as well. So I don't think Big Guido did much. He was actually a jobber for a while in WWF. Um, oh Lord, Mike Fury, and then he joined the FBI, and really just otherwise just bounced around a bit. Was an I I W A really suck because he is huge. He is yeah, massive. he doesn't do much. Primo Canaro was his name for a while. And his real name is Mikey Oreo. So, uh, <laughs> Mikey Oreo. <laughs> Mike. You have a wrestling Oreo. I O R I O. Oh, I thought you said Oreo. I did too. His cousin uh, Billy Hydrox. I could tell you are not Italian. <laughs> Mikey Oreo. What do you mean? I know a bunch of Italian words. <laughs> All right. Anyway, the Guido's here. Uh, I do like Sal as well as part of this group. Like it's because mm-hmm. it's a nice touch to the, to the old ECW, like the history of ECW. And he's perfect. It's just the the Stugatz uncle. I do wish, though, I know he likes the stupid gear that he's had on, but <laughs> I, I do wish they, like, put him in a suit or something to, like, play up the FBI stuff. Like, he doesn't need mm-hmm. to be in the Roman warrior gear anymore. Salbalama. Like, <laughs> it would have been a cool, complete overhaul if they, like, put his hair on, like, a ponytail and just made mm-hmm. him look more slick as the if he's going to be the the uncle or the, you know, kind of the Don of the family. I think it would have been a cooler way to go about it. At the very oh, yeah. least, wash the gear for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just saw uh, him come out again. Jesus. Christ. <laughs> that does set up this next match as the karaoke bistro wraps up. The FBI are taking on their heated rivals, the Dudley boys. Uh, this has been a few been raging for a while. We've seen this match quite a bit. The Dullies are out with everyone except for Devon. As Joey says, he never seems to be here when Big Duck, uh, Big Duck, quack, quack, <laughs> Big Dick is in the house. Joey says the Dullies are constantly at war with the FBI at a battle of two families. <laughs> what a, great families. The ring is loaded with quite the menagerie of gentlemen. When you look at this, these groups of men in the ring, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? The match itself is JT and Guido against Bubba Ray and Dick, who is just jacked to fuck. He is massive here. Mm-hmm. Devon shows up in the nest. He asks Dick what he's doing in the ring because it's his fucking family. And he'll kick Dick's ass and slap him around just like he does Bubba. And every imbecile in the ring can kiss his ass. Devon challenges Dick to come kick his ass. Dick leaves the ring and marches over as the bell rings. We get going with DW stepping in for Dick in the match. It's all FBI as Big Guido gets in there and they beat the piss out of Fort Sign Guy. Chubby gets wiped out too as Devon comes in with a chair. He cleans house and leaves. Dick slowly gets back to the ring as the family war boils on with everyone just going at it. Bubba has a double sidewalk slam as on Guido and JT, but Big Guido clubs Bubba from behind. Bubba tries to pile drive Big Guido and actually gets him up, but Little Guido makes a save. Big Guido power bombs Bubba as Big Dick comes in and mashes JT, Guido, and Sal with the just disgusting chair shots. Big Guido grabs Big Dick and they both trade blows until Dick tries to slam him, but Guido and Sal shove them down. 
Things erupt again as Devon is back with a chair. He's swinging wildly. Bubba gets in Devon's face as DW tries to make peace, but Devon hits him with the chair. And then Sangai and Chubby, when they try and help, they get smashed with the steel as well. Bubba holds up a sign that says, fuck you, Devon, and the crowd chants for it. Bubba blocks a chair shot and grabs a chair. But Devon drops down and begs off, and Bubba can't do it. FBI batters Dick's leg as this is going on. If you remember, of course, that's a rehab leg as Dick was uh, hit by a truck or whatever the fuck happens. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the leg brace on. Devon goes low on Bubba, smashes him with a chair. Devon keeps peeling off his family members as FBI mauls Dick in the corner. Hack Myers comes in. He creams Devon with some punches and a chair shot, but he eats a big Guido powerbomb. Just pure chaos at this point. Bubba goes to Big Guido as Dick and Devon go face-to-face, but they get broken up by Devon and Sal. Dick grabs Devon by the throat. They fight in the corner over a chair, but in comes Bubba. Dick smashes him with the chair. And, I'm sorry, Big Guido, and Dick smashes Big Guido with the chair to pick up the win. Devon then leaves as the Dullies clean out the FBI to celebrate the win. Pure insanity. Wild insanity. It felt like a battle royal of the absurd. There's like all these bad men in the ring. <laughs> The FBI, though, is super fun, and they keep growing. Like, I want to see this group continue to grow. Uh, and it definitely looks like we're headed toward a big, uh, to a big dick Devon war at some point, or at least a Bubba Devon war as well as we move forward. But uh, this is a ton of fun. I went two and a half. It's a shit show, but a fun shit show. It didn't feel overbooked or gratuitous. It just felt like a lot of fun and chaos, Jenny. Yeah, I mean, this is this has been really good. Um but like you said, we've seen it a bunch. So maybe do, what do we want to see going forward? Do we want to see Bubba Ray Devon or do we want to see Big Dick Devon? Do we want to do both of those things? Um, I don't know. I feel like you kind of go through Bubba Ray to get to Big Dick, but maybe. Mm. I think it's the other way. I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's the other way. Okay. I think they're clearly trying to make Bubba the guy. And they're going to end up, you know, because I think he's the most over, honestly. So I think they're trying to do mm-hmm. that. And I think they're going to use Dick as like the first line of defense and then Bubba. That was the most awkward beatdown um, of a Dick that I've seen in the <laughs> ring mm-hmm. uh, in a while. Uh, is <laughs> While they're doing like the chair things, you know, with Devon, like FBI is just like awkwardly trying to kick on <laughs> keep him down and out of the action but i really did like the storytelling in there um with the devons with the devons with the dudleys and the chair shots of course were fucking insane um big guido just stands there while poor sal gets (laughs) absolutely annihilated um at one point so somebody i mean i don't know I don't know what I was expecting there, but he was just waiting for his turn in the match. So that's fine. Cause he's a John Ormus dude. Um, I did two and a half as well. And I like seeing this, but like I've seen it. So I'm ready to see something different, Maddie. Yeah. I- I'm right there with you. I went uh, two stars on it, but like it's, it's time to move on from Dudley's FBI. Like, the FBI at this point should really be doing something else. And we need like the next step for this Dudley's uh, mm-hmm. feud. Uh, I did like Bubba coming out to the ring, wearing a wrap on his head that said, quote, fuck you, Devon. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, again, the Devon chair shots are disgusting as per usual. Uh, Hack Myers of all people comes in and hits Devon with a chair. <laughs> and then big Guido just fucking lays him out. That was great. 
Uh, but yeah, like you said, Jenny, Big Guido at one point just kind of standing there like he was waiting for his cue. That was uh, someone needs to to clue him in on uh, on how this works here. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a mess, but it was an entertaining mess at least. So uh, two stars for me. Yeah, I feel like this feud's gonna roll on for as long as they do until they do something else. Like it's an easy way just to throw them out there. Get these guys out in front of the crowd. Get them over. Like, this, I think they just continuously keep running them out until they the, the Dudleys finally split at some point, right? Like that's really that's, like I don't think the Dudleys are going to do anything else until Bubba and Devon come to a head. Like that's like mm. I kind of don't get why you would even bother. Like just let them keep doing this. Well, is until... that this? I mean, like, is this the head though? Like it could be. It could yeah. be the head or the dick. I don't know, but it's they are like they're going to continue to use this forum to push that story around because you can't just do it in segments. So why not just have it constantly be in this issue with the FBI that they continue. It's almost like we continue to have two storylines in one with these matches. So I think it'll continue to be that way um, for quite a bit. All right, back to the ring as Axel Rotten is here to take on Tarzan Goto from FMW in Japan, pretty well-known figure in Japanese wrestling, and he's here to throw it out with Axel. It could get ugly here, honestly, given the reputations mm-hmm. of both. Mm-hmm. We do get a tepid start as they escalate into some hard punches and then a backdrop from Goto. Goto starts clubbing Axel behind the ear. Axel comes back with a spin kick and some punches. Goto dodges a leap, and Axel flies into the top rope. Goto slings Axel to the floor. They both grab chairs and duel with them. They amble around the floor for a bit until Goto spikes Axel into a table, slings him into it. They battle to the fans toward the bleachers, but we lose sight of them. They end up back to ringside and stumble around. Goto slings Axel to the railing, and then we head back inside where Goto grabs a chair and smacks Axel with it hard back in the back over and over until it breaks. There's a nasty bit of business mm. there. <laughs> Goto laughs and calls to the crowd as Axel's laying, crying in pain. Goto gets two on a clothesline and then jabs away at Axel with a chair. Axel blocks a chair shot with a hard clothesline and unloads with chair shots for payback. Axel slams Goto, drops an elbow for two. Axel is a DDT and rolls over for two as both guys are completely worn out by this point. Goto blocks a DDT on a chair. He smashes Axel with it instead. Goto hits a brain buster on the chair and picks up the win. This was fine, uh, but a lot of slow walk brawling. It picked up late when they got back in the ring and started throwing the chairs around. Uh, kind of a tough loss for Axel, but he showed up well, took a shit kicking. The crowd didn't seem super into it. And honestly, best, based on the rep and the names, I thought it was going to be like way more violent and vicious. So I just went two stars, man. I, I, this is kind of disappointing, honestly. Yeah, uh, a lot like you. I was expecting this to be just kind of like a wild, violent brawl. And it ended up being... Uh, really not much of anything it was just it was just kind of there to be perfectly honest and mm-hmm. you know like you said the crowd especially after the hot dudley's fbi match that they just came off of the crowd you know really didn't react to all that much and i mean the stuff they did in it was fine it was just kind of right. middle middling uh goto is a very scarred man like he's quite clearly been in some wars in F- fmw so uh God bless him for living the rest of his life with all those scars. But uh, yeah, I thought the brain buster on the chair was good and those chair shots were pretty nasty. But yeah, it was fine enough, but not much. So I went the gentleman's two stars on this match, Jenny. Imagine being Axel Rotten and this guy beats you with a chair until it breaks. And then you're like, eh, nothing much happened in this match. And, um, you know, it's kind of boring. No, it was not boring. It was really good. And 
okay don't do the crowd brawling as much but the chairs were fucking insane and i thought they did really well like i felt like axel i mean he did what he could do and he 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 was trying to to get back after those chair shots but he he was it was rough like to me that was the match um that and the brain buster on the chair i liked a lot and you know what give me a dueling chair spot too i like that shit two and a half stars okay we head back to the ring where joey styles is and he says you know kind of resets things like he usually does for tv when they do this and the crowd is revved up and he says not even tropical storm bertha could cool down the ecw arena and tropical storm bertha formerly known as hurricane bertha an intense and early forming major hurricane that affected areas from the leeward islands to the united states in july of 1996 either of you familiar with hurricane bertha where did it land? Between Wrightsville Beach and Topsail Beach, North Carolina. Mm. No. I am not familiar. Once they turn away from, you know, where I live, I, I don't You don't give a shit anymore? anymore. <laughs> don't care about humanity after that? I've, I've watched yeah. too many hurricanes, friend. Mm, true. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to see what category it hit as. It's not saying. But it was 105 mile an hour winds when it hit. I think that's two. It's like, yeah, it's like two or three, I think. So it must have been major before that. It did pass through Rhode Island with wind gusts as strong as 74 miles an hour. And uh, rainfall peaked at 5.51 inches in Coventry, causing street flooding and road washouts. Jesus. And Warwick. So there you go. Even made its way up to Canada eventually. The remnants through New Brunswick of Hurricane Bertha, which did not shut down the ECW arena on this night. Joy brings out Taz and Team Taz for a chat. Fonzie has his shades on. His forehead is bandaged up. He always looks like a fucking mess. Joy <laughs> says the polar bear has been dispatched back to his igloo. So one more last shot at Paul, poor Paul <laughs> Varland. The crowd is all over Taz. He starts talking right away. He says he choked out Bam Bam Bigelow from the WF. Choked out Devin Storm from WCW. Choked out that big dick Paul Varland from UFC. And Taz says ECW's run like shit. It's time he and Fonzie take over. It's time for Fonzie to assert his will and change ECW. And Fonzie says his first order of business is to make ECW the best company it can be. Fonzie says he's an ECW superstar. He has no respect and neither does Taz, who's undefeated. Fonzie fires Joey Styles from ECW and rants about it. Joey tells Fonzie he can't fire him. Taz comes in and tells Joey to shut up and says, you're fired. And Joey says, okay, I'm fired. And he leaves. <laughs> Fonzie pokes Joey and tells him again he's fired and he'll be on welfare. The crowd chants for Joey as he paces around the ring. Fonzie keeps saying he's fired dozens of different ways. Fonzie says he's bringing out his own personal commentator to replace Joey. And he tells Joey he knows Vince McMahon well and he'll never get a job for Joey at WDF because he's not a nice person. Fonzie finally brings out his personal announcer, a new host of ECW, Joel Gertner. Joey refuses to shake Gertner's hand. So does so does Taz as the crowd chants for Sandman. Gertner says it's an honor and a privilege to be working with Bill Alfonso and ECW and thanks him for buying Gertner a new suit. Gertner says he has no problems with Joey, but in the WWF, Vince owns the promotion. He gets to announce. Same for Eric Bischoff because he's vice president. And Joey says the only reason Vince gets to announce that Bischoff can't wash his shorts. Joey <laughs> says Joel says Joey can't work for WWF or WCW, so his time is up and it's been an honor. Joel says, for the sake of the industry, we need professionalism and a handshake, but Joey won't do it. Fonzie smacks Joey, and Joey gives a brief, limp handshake, and Joel gives him one last shout-out. 
Joel welcomes us to ECW on Prime TV as his new host introduces Taz as Fonzie blows the whistle and dances around. Just great stuff here. Taz says Sandman's in the back crying over his beer because his son turned his back on him. The crowd keeps chanting, fuck you, Taz. Taz starts going in on the fans and says if that was his son, he'd teach his son some respect in the basement. He says Dreamer's in the back and he needs to get his career in perspective instead of chasing two slut lesbian rats around. Joey asks Taz <laughs> if he's done and Taz chokes him out and tells him to never interrupt him because he's the best. And all of a sudden, a familiar song fires up. And out comes the returning 911. It charges the ring to excitement from the crowd. Gertner says, We have an extreme surprise. Independent wrestler extraordinaire 911 is here. 911 grabs Gertner and choke slams him. He grabs Fonzie, but Taz takes out his leg. 911 grabs Taz by the neck to a huge pop and choke slams him, but Taz no sells it and crushes 911, the German, onto his neck, hooks to Taz's mission, and 911 taps out as the crowd chants for Sabu. What a scene, and what a disgusting, disgusting uh, German on 911. Just mm-hmm. brutal. Jenny, you've seen a lot of 911 in the early days. Mm-hmm. No one did 911 dirty like this. <laughs> that was a lot, but no. I mean, I really popped for the return of 911. Um, but that German, I think, may have ended his life. Didn't he die in this match? He did not uh, end well. Mm. Mm. That I mean, somebody when Taz put his hands on Joey, I just wanted Taz to die. Like, just somebody come and kill Taz. Like, why? You, you can't touch Joey. They already they tried to fire him. I, I feel like that's probably not going to hold up. Um, and what and what capacity? Does Fonzie think he can hire and fire people anyway? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Get a grip. But all this was amazing. Like, even Fonzie was, like, really good. <laughs> and I usually mm-hmm. fucking hate him. Um, I love, love, love how much the crowd hates Taz. And they just scream, fuck you, Taz. And he just goes, love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Big dick energy. Taz was amazing. This was awesome, Maddie. Yeah, this is a great segment. Uh, Taz just great at being an asshole, as per usual. Uh, <laughs> saying that, uh, you know, I'll drag you in the basement and choke you out. Mm. It's just so... Two lesbian slut fucking rats around, Dreamer. Just <laughs> just so great. And then you know, the 911 return, and like you said, the German suplex was absolutely savage. Uh, Taz no-selling the choke slam, a huge moment for... Uh, Taz's mystique, that, given you know what you have seen with 911 in the past, so that's a big deal. Puts over uh-huh. Taz, huge. Uh, yeah, just a great segment. The crowd was uh, the crowd was fucking insane for this. Everybody in it was great. Gertner was great. So yeah, awesome stuff here. It was great, and it's a good use of Taz. Um, you know, we've talked a bunch about how they use him. Like sometimes there's these random squashes and attacks, and mm-hmm. I know we're up and down on it, but. Like, if you're not going to do that, like, this is perfect. Just mm-hmm. this chaos, mm-hmm. this insanity, and it's just him, you know, he's daring someone to come fucking shut him up, right? Like, no one has shut him up. And he's standing there in the middle of the ring, daring anyone that can to just shut him up. So, we'll see if anyone finally can, can close his mouth. But You, you know another thing that I, 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 you're right, I've been up and down on this, but, like, to me, one of like the low key fun things about this is like absolute silence from Sabu. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Ta- Taz is just 
just showing his ass every fucking chance he gets to just try to get some attention from Sabu and there's crickets. So to me, that's like a huge hook for, I mean, I know it's supposed to be, but like, I really love the no sell from Sabu. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how this continues to build. I mean, you think at some point they'd probably cross and, and Sabu's paths, just right? doing other shit. That's another part right. of it. Like, he's having right. these, you know, matches that are really good. You know, tagging with Mikey and shit. Like, just, I'm over here working, motherfucker. I'm not even looking at you, and I love that. Yeah, I mean, he's literally not said a word. Like, they no. never mentioned. <laughs> nope. So, we'll see where it ends. Or it begins, I should say. All right, we have our loaded TV title Four Corners match up next as Chris Jericho takes on Shane Douglas Two Cold Scorpio and Pitbull 2 with the TV title on the line. All four studs have been embroiled in this feud. Uh, some pretty cool entrances here. We actually start with Douglas behind the curtain. He talks to someone who hands him a chair. And Joey wonders who. Who was it that gave him the chair? Joey says, Douglas left the WWF while under contract. has come back to ECW. Pitbull 2 solo tonight. He gets leveled with that chair by Douglas who ambushes him during the entrance. Yells about giving him a receipt. Scorpio and Jericho get us going to a stalemate. Scorpio bails out. Scorpio returns. They work through some trading offense into a Scorpio dropkick. Jericho comes back with a Tiger Bomb for two. Gets a Mr. Salty on the mat, but Scorpio twists that into a seated chin lock. A bloody Pitbull 2 climbs back to the apron. Scorpio tags in Douglas, who pops Pitbull 2, but gets suplex blocked by Jericho, who gets one of his own. Jericho grinds a side headlock as the crowd chants about Pillman and then Mankind. Jericho drops Shane with a haymaker and then smashes him with a springboard splash. Continues to hammer away. Shane and Jericho trade a flurry of chops, leading to a Jericho spin wheel kick and lion's all for two. Jericho gets a knee lift and tags Pitbull 2 to a pop, but Shane scampers over and tags Scorpio. That gets a bullshit chant. Pitbull 2 wipes out Scorpio, turns a victory roll attempt into a powerbomb for two. Scorpio pops up and slugs Pitbull 2 down for a near fall. Scorpio grabs Pitbull 2 by the straps and just plunges over, back over the top rope, and flips Pitbull 2 into the railing, which was a really cool move. Shane attacks Pitbull 2 on the floor, slings him to the railing, and Scorpio pulls him back in, slugs him down and tags Shane. Shane stomps away and hits a belly to back for two. Shane slugs at the cut and tags Jericho. Jericho kicks Pitbull 2 hard in the back of the neck and then follows with a drop kick. But Pitbull 2 catches him with a hard back elbow. Pitbull plants Jericho on, on a leap uh, for two, but Jericho comes back with a German for two. Pitbull blocks the leap and powerbombs Jericho and tags Scorpio, goes up top, but Jericho trips him. He goes up and it's the top rope Frankensteiner, but he can't cover it because he lands on his injured knee. Shane tags himself in and covers Scorpio and gets two. Scorpio and Shane tumble to the floor. They brawl on the floor where Scorpio overwhelms him, hits him with a chair. Shane's covered in all kinds of dirt. Scorpio hammers away and bulldogs him to an open chair. Scorpio tags Pitbull, but Shane tags Jericho to avoid him again. Jericho gets a roll-up for two, but collapses on a slam. Pitbull gets a near fall. Jericho screws up a kip-up, but Pitbull, too, mashes him with a powerbomb for two. Scorpio hits a butterfly suplex for two, uh, but Jericho rolls outside. Scorpio follows out and spikes Jericho to the steel, slings him back in the ring. Jericho hits a DDT, wants to tag Shane, but he refuses, so he tags Pitbull, too, instead. Pitbull puts Scorpio up top. And takes him off with a super fallaway slam for two. Pitbull ends up with Shane and Jericho flies over the top into both of them. Scorpio goes up and flies into everyone, leaving a sweaty, bloody, dirty heap on the floor. Scorpio shoots Jericho to the steel, charges, but Jericho ducks and flips him to the fans. They trade blows in the crowd as Shane and Pitbull 2 battle at ringside. All four men in the back of the ring where Shane bulldogs Pitbull onto a chair for a near fall. 
Pitbull comes firing back and presses Shane into his feet to eat a missile dropkick from Jericho for two. Jericho runs Douglas to the mat, comes off the middle rope with an elbow, follows a dropkick for two. Jericho hits a figure four on Shane and holds it for a while, but he finally lets go. Shane tags Scorpio and Jericho hits a fisherman suplex. Suplex tries the line salt, but Scorpio... Uh, Scorpio drop kicks him in the back and he crashes on his head. That looks like it hurt. Scorpio power bombs Jericho, messes around with Shane, allowing Jericho to drop kick him from behind. Shane refuses to tag in, but Jericho forces it. Shane comes in and punches him and tags himself right back out. Scorpio tombstones Jericho and tries to bomb to eliminate the champion. And I'm sorry, drops the bomb to eliminate the champion to a big pop as Shane's trickery cost Jericho his title and he is the first man eliminated, guaranteeing us a new champion here tonight. Shane comes in and wants to form an alliance with Scorpio against Pitbull, too. Scorpio shakes his hand and then kicks him and knifes through with some offense, grabs a chin lock, and grinds down Shane for a near fall. Shane is completely on autopilot here as he goes to the middle rope, but Scorpio takes him over with a sunset flip powerbomb. Pitbull, too, comes in, and Scorpio kicks him down and slams him. Scorpio slams Shane on top of Pitbull, too, and goes up top, but whiffs on a moonsault, and Shane DDTs him. Shane and Pitbull actually work together. They superbomb Scorpio. And eliminate him in a pretty cool moment, given the rivalry between those two. And that leaves us with Shane Douglas versus Pitbull 2 for the television title. Shane attacks Pitbull right away, slings him to the floor. Pitbull turns things around, hits him with a water bottle. Back inside, Pitbull 2 sets up two open chairs and powerbombs Shane through both of them to a big pop. He sets up a table in the corner, but Shane reverses a whip, gets a belly to belly. In comes Francine onto the apron. Shane pulls her in the ring and drags her to her feet and kisses her. Joey says Shane has no luck with women in ECW. Pitbull 2 charges, but Shane pulls Francine out of the way, and he slams into the ref. Pitbull 2 goes to press slam um, Shane, but Francine sprays powder in his eyes and then slaps Pitbull 2 to booze, turning officially on the Pitbulls. Francine takes off her skirt and reveals panties that say franchise on them. Pitbull 1 is out. Now he's pissed. He rallies his teammate as Shane and Francine celebrate. Pitbull 2 stalks Shane, smacks him with clotheslines, and then a big one to take them both to the floor. In comes Pitbull 1. He grabs Francine. Pitbull 2 sets up a table. They load up a super bomb and put her through it to a massive pop. The arena is exploding as Shane comes in and hits an armbar DDT on Pitbull 1 and smacks Pitbull 2 with the belt for a very close near fall, which is really good. A lot of people bid on that one, including myself. Shane grabs a piece of the table and runs it through Pitbull 2's head for another close near fall. Shane then smacks Pitbull 2 with a pair of brass knucks and only gets two again. Shane then hits him with a chain, but Pitbull 2 kicks out again and hulks up. Pitbull comes up for a spin kick, but Shane dodges him. He flies out, smashes hard to the floor. And Shane finishes Pitbull 2 off with the belly-to-belly to to win the television title and also take away Francine from the Pitbulls. So just an incredible match. uh, Tons of time. It told and wove so many great stories all throughout the match. It was vicious. It was hard-hitting. There were a lot of big spots, but it never felt rushed or haphazard. It all made sense. It flowed. Everyone looked good. Pitbull 2 cemented as a stud throughout this match as well. A really good finish as Shane's plot finally unfolds. He finishes the job. I thought Francine had maxed out with the Pitbulls. This was a good turn for her. Shane needs someone like her with him as well, so I think it's good. And this is considered to be one of the greatest matches in ECW history. It's on multiple DVD sets. It's always been well-regarded. Jenny, I went four and a half stars. Have you ever heard about this match before watching it, and what were your thoughts? Um, No, I have not heard about this match. Um, It... <laughs> It was amazing, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Like this show, um, I've been enjoying it. You know, like nothing's been really blowing me away. I mean, like we had like good segments and stuff, but like and some pretty good matches. But this match just it it just insists upon itself because it was fucking awesome. Like 
it, it felt like four or five different matches, you know, like Jericho being eliminated early was like really good. I mm-hmm. thought because, you know, he just won the title. He's young or whatever. It makes sense. Get him, you know, and he looked amazing. Like he looked so good. Like, to the point where I was like, shit, do I want Jericho to win this match? But um, I thought Scorpio was on point. Like, sometimes he gets tired. It was, like, this match really works for him, I think, because he can rest. And then when he comes in, he just looks fucking just absolute sick punches and strikes. And um, that the elimination on Jericho was brutal. Um and I think that I have reached peak ECW because as soon as Francine and Pitbull came out, I was like, Francine looks weird. She's going to turn. Like, I just had that weird thought. Like, I, I don't, I didn't know that was going to happen, but I wrote it down. I'm like, what's wrong with Francine? And then I don't know. She just had like a look and then. When she finally does the turn, I wrote, called it in my notes because I was so excited. But she she was perfect. Like, she did it just right. It was a huge shock, I thought, for the crowd. And um, it was just, like, real kind of dirty. Like, just, it was perfect, Francine and Shane. Um, like, I don't know. Like, just kind of, just dirty. I mean, just flat out dirty from both of them but Shane I thought was amazing like every fear that I've had about him lately he put to bed in this match um he just played everything perfectly bided his time you know played the coward a little bit and then just perfectly put Francine right where she needed to be for the big turn I thought he was just fucking awesome and then an all-time ECW moment and incredible performances so it's four and a half stars matt yeah uh it just it's an amazing culmination of the past few weeks and months of the tv title picture and all the hot potatoing of the title that's been going on uh for me shane douglas was the most impressive out of everybody here like just his character work through the entire match was incredible even something like when he was on the apron he still like jaw jacking the crowd. It's like, even when he's not even in the match, he's still doing something to really add to that character work. And it's just incredible. And then, and you, the other character work stuff he was doing, like not wanting any part of Pitbull two. like every time Pitbull two wanted in the match, he was getting the hell out of Dodge. I thought that was just such a great touch. Um, this is a 40 minute match. And I can count on one hand the amount of times like they really slowed down at any uh-huh. point. Like mm-hmm. the pace is fucking ridiculous. It, it was like nonstop for the entire 40 minutes. And the crowd was right there with them on their feet for the entire match. I mean, it's just it, it, it's an incredible match. And the Francine turn like I knew it was coming at some point. I didn't necessarily know it was this early but it's still huge and uh, joey on commentary was awesome selling uh francine just turning on uh pitbull too and you know they were able to keep pitbull too strong after the turn by 
eating the belt shot, eating the table shot, the chain shot, the brass knuckle shot. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought Shane was going to pull out like a revolver and just shoot him at a certain <laughs> point. Like it, it was getting to that point. So, I mean, Pitbull two still got put over strong and I mean, yeah, it, this is just an awesome match. It is a match I have seen before. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Like you said, JT, it's on a couple of ECW DVDs. So I've definitely seen it before, but it is, it's been a while. I mean, just uh, great storytelling, incredible action, the huge angle with Francine turning. This is like, this is all time great stuff. And uh, another banger of a match for uh, including Shane Douglas. So I am also at four and a half on this match. Definitely you- watch it if you've never seen it. Do you guys both agree that it was good timing to have Francine? Like, I, I think she's really, oh, yeah. she's been with the mm-hmm. Pimples forever. Like this, and I think if yeah. Shane needed something like this to mm-hmm. add to his package overall. So I, I think this is a really good choice, um, especially because who knows what's going to happen with Pitbull 1. 2 may be on its own. Like, yeah, I think it was just good timing to break that unit up and move along. I right. agree. Yeah. Yep. And that, I mean, everybody was so good. Like, that top rope, Rana from Jericho. Um, how did he do that? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> that was awesome. And it looked like he really did hurt his knee when he landed on that shit, though. Mm-hmm. And I'm always a fan, too, of when they take the champ out first. Like, it, it just, yeah. the excitement goes up because you're guaranteed yeah. mm-hmm. a new champion. So it was well done. It's it's there's a reason it's considered one of the greatest matches of all time for the promotion. OK, so from there, we have quite the, the uh, shift in gears as El Puerto Ricano comes out to take on Luis Piccoli, who's now arrived on the scene. Luis Piccoli, a longtime WDF jobber who then had a quick run as Rad Radford in late 95, early 96, and now has washed up on the shores of South Philly here in ECW. He bops Puerto Ricano at the mic and slugs away. <laughs> Joey says, we may recognize Piccoli, and he doesn't hide from it. He's been working out, though, and he's changed his look, so he looks a little bit better than he did as Rad Radford. Spicoli dominates the match. It's a fireman's buster, but picks LPR up during the pin and bashes him with a chair and pins him with one finger. Nothing here, just a squash. Joey calls LPR by his shoot name of Pablo Marquez throughout this as well. So uh, I just went half a star. That was a pretty solid uh, arrival and first salvo for Spicoli, Matt. Yeah, I, I went half a star on it as well. Uh, simple squash, really, to put over uh, Spicoli's arrival. The chair shot was uh, disgusting as per usual with ECW. So, uh, yeah, half a star. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, normally I wouldn't rate it, um, but it just felt real weird for some reason. I don't know. I gave it half a star. Um, yeah, it was kind of fine, like in this cool down spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed for, with the spot. And who is this Piccoli character? Yeah, I mean, so honestly, before this, really wasn't terribly much. I mean, legit was just a jobber. Okay. In the WF, and then Rad Radford, who really was a forgettable gimmick, um, wannabe body Donna. It was like a grunge gimmick, but they didn't really mm-hmm. commit to it, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not much. Um, <laughs> He, he was like a, a always looked at, I think, as a potential guy who could be a name, but mm-hmm. not a ton, not a ton there, at least to this well, point. Well, we'll see what he can come up with here shortly. Oh, uh, yeah, and he'll be a bit of a mainstay. He has a pretty infamous next year or so uh, overall um, in his life and in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabu runs out. Joey says this was the scheduled match before Sabu's tag title match, and Sabu still wants it. So basically what was supposed to happen was Sabu was supposed to fight Spicoli, but uh, Sabu wrestled earlier, so they figured the match was off. So they give Spicoli 
Marquez, and now I'll come Sabu and says he wants the match anyway. So here we oh, are with Sabu taking on Luis Piccoli. <laughs> and again, Fuck right, it. just trying to fill the card out yep. as two matches are taking up the majority of the roster. So Joey says, uh, Louis wanted competition. He's going to get it. Louis dodges Sabu's leg dive and stomps away. Spicoli goes right at the injured neck, hits a neck snap, and then kneels on it. The crowd chants, you fat fuck it, Louis, as he clubs away. Gets two on a neck breaker. Sabu kicks back into things, but gets caught a swinging neck breaker. Louis gets two. Louis goes for a slingshot back suplex for a near fall, then tries another, but Sabu flips out of it. Hits a spin kick to knock Louis to the floor. Sabu puts Louis on a guardrail, tackles him off. Sabu's back inside with a chair. He springboards off the top rope and into Louis with a chair in the crowd and just a pretty wild spot. Sabu puts a chair on Louis's face and tries a springboard leg drop, but Louis dodges it. Sabu rides in pain, escapes the tilt-a-whirl, hits a head-scissors takeover, opens up the chair and tries a triple jump, but Louis pops up and slaps Sabu with the chair on his way down. Both men end up with chairs and have a duel with them until Sabu paced Louis in the head. Louis ends up on the top rope and Sabu springs off the chair and kicks him to the floor. Joey keeps trying to hype up Sabu RVD on A3 as Sabu hits a table bridge and puts Louie on it. He scales the top rope, flies through Louie with a moonsault that looked incredible, just a hard bump. Sabu drags him back inside and covers, but Louie gets his foot in the rope. Sabu opens up another chair. It's a triple jump moonsault, but only gets two. Louie gets a bridging German for two, heads to the middle rope, but Sabu slugs him in the mouth, sets up a chair, springboards off it, tries a Frankensteiner, but comes up empty. Louie barrels into it with a tumbleweed dive for a close near fall. Sabu then dropkicks Louie, but misses an Arabian face buster. Louie stomps away and heads up, but Sabu just throws a chair at his head, hits a springboard top rope DDT, and Sabu hits the Arabian face buster, and that is all she wrote. Sabu shakes Louie's hand after the match to give him the show of respect, and it was quite the show for Spicoli. He hung in the whole way, took a ton of offense, uh, made him look like a, a complete standout, and had cred right away. Sabu is Sabu. Tons and tons of wild big-time spots. His body on the line. A well-worked uh, trash bomb match. I thought both were great, Matt. I went three and a quarter here. Yeah, uh, three stars for me. That was my uh, big takeaway from the match, too, was how uh, Spicoli was able to keep up with Sabu and how they were able to really put Spicoli over by having him uh, able to go toe-to-toe with a guy like Sabu. Uh, I mean, Sabu really went all out for <laughs> this match in an effort to try and make... Spicoli look good and it, it kind of works in storyline too because like if he's willing to do this in a match with uh, a debuting guy like Spicoli what the hell is he going to do in the match with RVD on August 3rd so I, right. I think it's storyline it makes sense for me too um, yeah this is really good like I, I saw this on paper I was expecting something kind of like squash like almost but yeah they went all out they uh, exceeded uh-huh. my expectations I am at three stars for this match Jenny Dude, I'm doing three and a half. I thought it was like hidden gem level almost. Like, so weird to say about a Sabu match, I guess. But um, this Spigoli guy, I'm like, look at you, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, that was not. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he looks like the fucking slob. He's wearing like this. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, he just did that little squash show. I was like, what the hell is Sabu doing? Like, is he just going like, fuck you, Taz? I will fight any motherfucker except you. Um, which, I mean, maybe. But, boy. Um, he, he, Sabu ended up looking kind of dumb sometimes <laughs> this match. Which is very odd. And, like you said, worked really well uh, on me to get Scully over. Uh-huh. So, I'm like, 
I'm a fucking mark for this guy now. Like, I'm all about him. New fan. Um, I hope he's not a Nazi because that usually is what happens. <laughs> I discover people I like, but, um, dude, when Sabu threw that chair in his face, I cackled. That shit was like, Sabu, like, could you just stay the fuck down? <laughs> um, and I loved it. I loved the DDT and the face buster, too, so fucking three and a half. Watch the match if you can. It's awesome. I mean, so there's another thing ECW is great at, right? It's like getting these guys over right away just through simple hard work. Like, they didn't do a ton it's just put him in with Sabu and let him go. And like, yeah. it instantly makes Spicoli a star, right? Like he didn't need to do anything else that he's made in ECW it's crazy. now. And it's like, they're so good at using their talent to do stuff like this. You don't need to mm-hmm. sacrifice Sabu. Just Sabu has been built so well that going, whatever this was, 10, 15 minutes with him and kick up a bunch and barely win or Billy lose and have a show respect. Like in ECW fans minds, like this is guy that can go now. Like we can, mm-hmm. we have been established. Sabu didn't carry him. I mean, he was going toe-to-toe. So, And now you have another replenished star. Even if you don't do a ton with him, he's a replenished star or depth on the roster that you can call up and have like a match or a feud with. So they are great at just leveraging this talent and you know spotlighting it in a way that makes them all useful to the roster as a whole and not just making guys look stupid, you know? Automatically, I want a Mikey match with this guy. Right. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. It seemed like mirror images, perhaps. Mm-hmm. All right. Main event time. Rage in the cage. Uh, as you may have heard our last episode, we have quite the stipulations in place. What were they Tommy, Tommy Dreamer, <laughs> Sandman, and Terry Gordy take on Raven, Brian Lee, and Stevie Richards. Sandman and Raven will start inside the cage. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer and Brian Lee will be having a false count anywhere outside the cage. And they can go in the cage if they so desire. Terry Gordy and Stevie Richards will start the match out by the Eagles nest. The first person to reach the floor will be able to enter the cage through the door. The person to reach the floor second will have to go over the top. Also, if Stevie Richards is pinned in this match, Raven loses his world title. Did I capture it all? I think I did. Sounds right. Let's try one more time, though. No, we're good. Okay, let's get to the match. From the top. (laughs) It may be convoluted, but ECW usually delivers on these, so we'll see. Stevie goes to the stage. He's defending Raven's title. Raven's in the cage. Lee's outside. Out comes Sandman with Missy Hyatt. Raven says if he leaves him alone tonight, he can have his son back. Sandman pauses, but Raven jumps him, DDTs him, and hits him with a cane and goes to a figure four. Bad Street USA fires up. Terry Gordy heads to the stage to face off with Stevie. Stevie kicks him as he comes up the ladder, but Gordy just mauls the shit out of him after that. Lee helps Raven from outside the cage as Stevie's already busted open within seconds from Gordy. Gordy unloads and pounds Richards into the cage. Lee brawls with Gordy until Tommy comes out with a trash can and batters his rival. Nova and Blue Dust are out as well. They catch a beating. Lee is bleeding as he gets thrown into the crowd. Gordy gets in the cage and beats the shit out of Raven as Stevie bleeds out at ringside. Just disgusting. Sandman's holding his knee as Stevie scales the cage and comes in off the top, but Gordy punches him in the gut. Gordy rolls up Stevie for a close near fall. Gordy smashes Stevie with a lariat for two as Tommy's music is blaring while he's beating the shit out of Lee with a chair. Gordy hits Stevie with the Asiatic spike, but Raven makes a save. Dreamer has a door, but he's bleeding now as well. Gordy pile drives Stevie as Lee smashes him into the uh, smashes Tommy into the door. Gordy keeps pouring it on Stevie, but he can't put him away. Lee whips Tommy to the door as Gordy pile drives Stevie again, but Raven makes the save. Tommy's music finally stops as Stevie hits two Stevie kicks to Gordy. Lee keeps barreling Tommy into the cage and then grating him on it. Gordy hits a lariat to Stevie, 
and then slugs Steve, uh, Sandman down, too, for some reason. Raven takes out Sandman's knee as Lee is into the cage, and he brawls with Gordy. Lee goes back out, and Gordy follows and pounds on him as Stevie and Raven double up on Sandman inside the cage. Tommy DDTs Lee on the floor and heads inside and wipes Stevie out and smashes Raven with a cane to break up the figure four. In Kambula and Kimona, Tommy uh, give Tommy handcuffs and he cuffs Raven to the cage as Joey wonders if we'll relive last year's chair shot heard around the world at Heat Wave, if you recall that. Raven is now hanging crucifix style as Lori Fullington and Tyler show up. Tyler gets in the cage and stands in front of Raven in Raven's pose, dressed like Raven as well. Tommy wants to swing, but Sandman stops him from hitting his son. Nova scales the cage and cuts Raven free as Tommy and Sandman are arguing. Raven shoves Sandman into Tommy and DDTs Sandman for two. Sandman rolls over for two, but Raven then cracks him with a cane for a near fall. Raven throws Stevie into the cage for some reason and then walks Tommy into a Tommy DDT. Tommy and Sandman both cover Raven, but he kicks out. Blue Dust and Nova set up a triple table at ringside. Lee scales the cage and meets Tommy up there. They slug away until Lee grabs Tommy and chokeslams him off the cage and through the table stack. Two of them break and Tommy just slides off the third one. He's fucking insane. Sandman blocks the DDT and hits one of his own and defeats Raven. But the title does not change because only Stevie uh, was defending the belt in this match, apparently. Uh, that's the only one stipulation we missed. Raven was not at the title of the line. Brian Lee chokes out Misty at ringside and then chokes Beulah and Kimona, too. He's out of his fucking mind as well. We just get a mess of carnage in the table remnants. Pure insanity here. Despite the confusing steps and chaos, they did a good job making it easy to follow. Uh, I think because everyone has got to the ring quickly. Also included a lot of big-time stakes. Raven continues to weaponize Sandman's family. He escapes with his belt again despite losing. Sandman's at a breaking point. Gordy looked great again, just completely refreshed out of nowhere. And Brian Lee's a fucking animal. Uh, just a lot going on in this match. I went three and a half stars. It was still very, very good. Not the highest level stuff like we've seen tonight. But, uh, Jenny, I thought they did a nice job kind of paying things off while also keeping things going. It's a little bit of an OCD nightmare of a match. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Try to like play by play notes, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, you deserve five stars for that recap, by the way. Um, because it's a lot, I mean. And I, I think the camera does a good job at, like you said, getting everybody together. And um, just some absolute sick, insane shit um, during this match. Um, Stevie's jump off the cage. I thought his... Uh, I thought his knee was going to blow out when he landed. <laughs> it was so gross looking. Um, just faces covered. Stevie's like Mr. Plastic. Like, I don't know how he doesn't get injured more often. He takes ridiculous no falls and bumps and everything else. Um, yeah, he's had kind of a lot here lately. Um, yeah. And it's not overly long. Um, so that I think that probably helps it too. Mm-hmm. Um Fucking supernova coming over the top of the damn cage, hanging upside down to cut Raven's <laughs> handcuffs off. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> you gotta nail that spot too. Like, if he I falls, know. Like, oh, how, yeah. how did he do it? Is what I was yeah. wondering because I guess holding on with his legs because you yeah. need all the leverage to like use the little cutter thing. I don't know. That was. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. And then I think what really put it over the top 
for me was Tyler coming out to stand in front of Raven. Mm. Um, Sandman, poor guy, just totally conflicted. Meanwhile, Tommy's like, fuck them kids. I don't care who's standing in front of Raven. I'm going to murder this child. Uh, he did not give two shits, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. And um, I really like their awkward battle, um, him and um, Lee's awkward battle at the top of the rope um, to go through those three tables. Um, it was like, you know, like trying to do it like safely, which is funny to even try to say. But and then so sickening when Tommy drops through those tables and then just looks dead, um, limp <laughs> on the floor. I was fucking crazy um i i like um brian lee choking everybody out so i i went three and three quarter stars like this is this is wild shit uh, but super well done and it, a, a fitting main event maddie yeah uh this was quite the wild brawl and really a, a bloodbath like i feel like everybody in this match was bleeding so uh, uh that certainly helped and, you know, with all 85 stipulations in this match, like it's it's a match that definitely could have like overstayed its welcome. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad that they kept it really snappy. I, I looked up the time. I think it was like 14 and change on this match. So like a really snappy match. It's easily something easily something they could have booked to go like 20, 25 minutes. And I'm glad they didn't. Uh, my other big takeaway for this is I feel like Sandman didn't do a whole lot in this mm-hmm. match. He, he kind of like ate a bunch of DDTs and was in a figure four leg lock for a lot. So like I'm starting to think Sandman isn't really recovered <laughs> from his, right. uh, mm-hmm. his knee injury all that much. And I have wonder if that's why like they made this match as crazy as it was like smoke and mirrors to kind of like hide oh. Sandman's like mm-hmm. in- injuries. You know, you got these got you got these guys fighting in the Eagle's nest. You got dreamer and Lee fighting all over the arena. And then Sandman can sit in a figure four for like five minutes and not do much of anything, you know, just keep moving. So I, I think that was pretty interesting. Uh, I, I did really like the false finish after Tyler gets in the cage when, uh, Raven pushes Sandman into dreamer and then he hits the DDT. I, I thought that was a really uh, great finish. Uh, Tommy dreamer again, getting thrown through multiple tables. Like the guy just stop doing that. You're, you're hurt. You're damaging no. your body for Don't God's stop. sake. Stop. You stop. Poor individual. Good Lord. But uh, yeah, uh, this was really fun. Uh, overcame the stipulation. I think stipulations, plural, I think. I mean, it was still messy at points, but I, I think it, it overcame uh, uh, the convoluted mess of stipulations. So uh, I'm at three and a quarter for this. Yeah, I think it's been an ECW thing, too, to kind of I feel like the main events are never the best match. And it's interesting. Um, mm. I think it's because the main event guys are usually involved in like more of these brawl, like wild brawling mm-hmm. type things. Then to me, those kind of have a max right of where they they max out. So. Mm. Um, but it's interesting to me. Like, I feel like our best matches are always earlier on the card and usually Sabu and RVD and those guys. But it's just kind of where they are, where they're at right now from a main event perspective. So. All right, let's get to our awards to wrap things up. Uh, I would be confident in saying we're all in agreement that the best match of the night was the TV title four way. Yes. hundred percent. OK. Worst match. I mean, I went with Spicoli and, mm. you know, Puerto Ricanio, but. Mm. I could see a world where you'd also say Rotten and Tarzan Goto just because of how disappointing mm. it kind of was. And this Spicoli was really just a squash. I mean, I went with it, but I think 
I think the Goto match might have been worse in a way just because of what the expectations would have been coming in. No, I would disagree with that. Uh, I'm going to go with the squash match. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with the squash too. But I, I honestly, I could see an argument for uh, gangsters, Samoan gangster party to open mm. the show. So even though it's even though it was a hot match, like as a match, it wasn't exactly great. But uh, I'll go with the uh, Spicoli squash too. Okay. All right. Best moment. I want to. I just want Taz taking out 911, which is a really cool payoff that we never really got. Jen, I think we mentioned this at some point. Like 911 never really felt to get his comeuppance, mm-hmm. and like after all the damage he did, just kind of left when he took that money deal from WCW that went nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this at least felt like a, a I'm sorry kind of moment, right? Mm. And then also Francine joining Douglas and getting super bombed uh, was another great moment. Uh, yeah, the Francine turn was incredible. Uh, the way she took that fucking table shot, oh my god. What a, what a queen. Yeah, I, I went with the Francine turn and, uh, the included, uh, table bump. All right, most 90s, I went with 911. <laughs> <The him just laughs> 90s. What was that guy's jersey? Um, Isaac the number Bruce. 80? Isaac, yeah, Isaac Bruce. That was it. So there was a guy in the crowd during the main event, I noticed, who was wearing a Red Sox shirt that had the 90s uh, logo on it. So I went with that for most 90s. Yeah. All right, stock rising. We had a lot of options here, but I went the gangsters, the eliminators, Taz, Joel Gertner, who was great. Oh, we didn't really call him <laughs> individually, mm-hmm. but he was great. Uh, Shane Douglas, Scorpio, Pitbull 2, and on and on and on. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I think Francine has to be on that list. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Holy. Uh, Spicoli, wow. yep. It's hard to elevate Joey anymore, but like Joey. Yep, he was great in that. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, stock falling. I went Samoan Gangsta Party, Paul Loria, Axel Rotten, and LPR. Yeah, uh, Samoan Gangsta Party was the one I had. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I wouldn't add Rotten, but yeah. All right. Final grade. I mean, this was a great show. Um Obviously had an all-time classic match, another secondary match, lots of big stuff happening as always. It was an easy watch. It flows well. The crowd was hot and hyped. The most sold-out crowd of all time, you know, as they talked about. So I, I went eight out of ten. I thought this was a great show, even though it really was a two-match card in many ways. Yeah. Um, are we allowed to do quarters? I don't think we've ever done quarters. No, I think it's halves or fulls. Mm, well. I'm going to do that eight and a half then. Fuck it. I like this show. Yeah, uh, I'll go eight out of ten. The, the main event delivered. I mean, you have an all-time match with the uh, the the, uh, the TV title match. You have the out-of-nowhere great <laughs> Sabu Spicoli match. And the, uh, I mean, the tag title match was really good, too. So, I mean, you're talking at a minimum of, like, four <laughs> really three-star matches mm-hmm. plus on this show. So, I mean, yeah, uh, definitely a must-watch show. 8 out of 10. I mean, that's really what... Like, that's really what ends up making the show so great because none of it was advertised. So, like, all these right. unadvertised matches stepped up and delivered and uh, really made this end up being as great as it was. So it was, it was, you know, I feel like a real throwback, Jenny, to some of the early ones where we were really cracking uh, on full shows across the board. So, uh, all right. Jenny, anything going on you want to talk about? Yeah, um, my podcast feed is called The Jenny Position. Lots of great shows. Um, you heard about Pluto, Freak Out Drive-In, Geek and Sassy, The Journey Through Infinity, 
Um, my wrestling content you can find on right here on North South uh, with this show and with uh, TNA Never Dies. And on The Place to Be Wrestling with PTB, NXT, and Talkin' WCW. Uh, you can find all that linked on my Twitter at Jenny Physician and my Facebook page. Matt? You can find me on the Place to Be Nation pop experience feed on my show, Piece of the Action, which is an action movie live watch podcast. Go back and listen to all of those. Uh, you can find me also on the Pop Experience feed on Popcorn Chicken Salad, where we live watch Guilty Pleasure movies. That's a great show to do. Uh, over on the Wrestling feed, you should be able to see me on YouTube Roulette. I'm usually on all of those. And the soon-to-be-returning Highway to the Impact Zone, where we look at TNA currently in 2005. So definitely check all that out. And you can find me on Twitter at msusan1991. All right, we'll be back in two weeks' time with three more weeks of television. And uh, looking forward to that. Be sure to check out everything going on here at the North-South Connection Podcast Network. Tons of great content coming to you almost daily. A lot of wrestling content. Also some pop culture. Facebook.com slash North-South Connection. Welcome to our third calendar year here on the North-South here in 2022. want to thank you all for your support all throughout our first two years. Hope you continue to stick with us and share and support and rate and review. And all that good stuff continues to um, come our way. And we'll continue to give you the great content that you deserve as well. So, everyone take care. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Stay extreme.